0: Good morning. Happy Monday to everybody. It is May 15th, 2023. Welcome to episode 366 of Simply Cyber's <clears throat> daily cyber threat briefing podcast. My name is, wait, hold on. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Dozier, over the next 45 minutes, me, you, CyberSecJS, Taylor McDonald, Carrie Ky- Kayla Sturgeon, Jesse Johnson, Marcus Seiler, Gary Sergio, Jenny Housley, and so many more of the Simply Cyber community and squad members are going to be ripping the top off the top cyber news stories, peering down into the abyss and assessing, understanding, looking right into the heart of the beast. And I'll be giving my expert opinion and analysis on each of those stories. The heart of the beast, the the abyss, these are all just top (laughs) cyber news stories of the day. I'll be giving my expert opinion and analysis on each of those stories, specifically on contextually what it means for you as a practitioner, how can you operationalize it at work this week, this month, you know, strategic planning for the next quarter, or if you're looking to break into the industry, this podcast applies across multiple dimensions. So if you're just uh, showing up here, if you're just getting into InfoSec, if you're just exploring, you're a little cyber curious, we break it down. um, Key terms, key terminology, key threat actors, make it very accessible to all. Everybody. So you will get something from this and I guarantee you in any job interview for a cybersecurity job, you will be asked, how do you stay current on the top cyber news of the day? Literally, you'll be asked that question. And this right here is a phenomenal answer, I would argue. So, but before we get into the top news, before Lori Upshur over at MUSC, what's up, Lori? Before me, you, Lori, Emilio Garcia and Tim McDonald dig into the top cyber news stories, let me shower a little bit of love for my stream sponsors starting with my good man eric taylor who's been burning the candle at both ends and losing his mind rightfully so about the new dot zip tlds maybe we'll get into that later i don't know if there's a story on that but <clears throat> catch me on jaw jack and we can have a flip out I, <laughs> iana's gonna release dot exe domains too okay Bar- barricade cyber solutions guys let me tell you a little bit about them they're dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But Barricade Cyber Solutions, they have the deep expertise and they know how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Believe that guys ransomware. If you're dealing with it in real time, call Barricade Cyber. What I would encourage you do is announce a prevention and call them first. Get everything lined up so you can mitigate. So you can minimize the impact and damage of a cyber attack specifically ransomware check them out at barricadecyber.com <clears throat> links in the description below also we'll come back to you Penopsi. we'll get back to you Penopsi. also want to say holla 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 to xm cyber i've been working with them for a little while exposure management company excellent at what they do organizations like yours could be overwhelmed or likely are overwhelmed with thousands of exposures across uh, on a monthly basis exposures being mismanaged credentials obviously security vulnerabilities um excessive permissions all these things right they go across your cloud they go across your on-prem on a monthly basis so officially reducing risk is almost impossible Discover the most critical threats and practical tips on how to overcome remediation fatigue with a new approach to efficiently reducing risk with XM Cybers 2023 State of Exposure Management Report. There's a link in the description below. It costs absolutely nothing to download the report. Give it a look. It's probably like 25 page report. Excellent information. It's based on the telemetry that uh, XM Cybers climates are pulling from their environment in their implementation. So it's, it's rooted in truth. Pretty crazy stuff, pretty cool. Good lessons learned in there. Obviously, like I mentioned, Penopsi. More about them at the mid-roll, guys. I want to remind you: if you are uh, in need of CPES, each episode of the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing Podcast is worth half a CPE. So be sure to say what's up in chat, hashtag Team Live if you're live with us. 100, excuse me, coffee. 133 of you beautiful people in here right now. Hopefully uh another hundred coming in as we uh kick the show off here but hashtag team live and chat let people know you're here take a screenshot if you want for uh evidence or just remember where you are or if you get audited you can just tell them you know you watch the chat on the uh, on the stream here um hashtag team replay my team replay people you can't catch it right now because 8 a.m eastern time is a ridiculous time for you to be catching top cyber news i hear you that's why That's why every episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing Podcast is available on demand after the show ends. It's also available on your audio podcast app of choice. I don't really tell people that enough, but it is. So consume it on your, you know, at your convenience, but hashtag Team Replay in the comments. I love to engage with the Team Replay people. Team Team Replay people are people too. Absolutely. Now, if you get here late and you're double X in the playback speed to catch up to real time, Your team hybrid, let us know that you got here late and that you're getting here live. Love it, love it, love it. Brandon Corbin for five months. Thanks, Brandon, so much. And then finally, my favorite, hashtag passive observer. Lori Upshur said hello in chat, so she's not passive observer. If you are watching chat go by, if you are like, oh my God, I wish I could say hi, I wish I could, I really want to engage in all this networking. Networking's so valuable, I know it, I just don't know what to do. Just type hashtag passive observer. Take that first step. Yes, it is William Welch. I, I really do a terrible job of telling people that. I really should. I'm a one-man... I mean, I get some help, but, like, for the most part, you know. Um, so, anyways, um, take the first step into social networking within our network and uh, uh, within our, our cybersecurity community and do a hashtag Passive Observer. Oh, okay, there we go. Uh, Tamas Show... Temis Elvin J. Thank you. Hashtag Pastor Observer. Good to see you. Guys, uh, really quickly, if you um, were looking for your newsletter this morning and you didn't get it, um, we had a long weekend and it was Mother's Day yesterday. And I don't have um, it's me. I write the email and I didn't get to write it. So I'll write it today and send it out later uh, today. So stay tuned for that. Don't think it got caught in your uh, email filters. All right, guys. That's going to do it for the show kickoff. Let's get into the, uh, the meat and potatoes of this episode, and uh, yeah, let's, let's get smart here. All right, so do me a favor, sit back, relax, and let the cool sounds of the top hot cyber news wash over you in an awesome wave. I'll see you guys at the mid-roll. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines.
1: It's Monday, May 15th, 2023. Discord suffers data breach. The popular VoIP and instant messaging social platform has disclosed a data breach that has resulted in unauthorized access to a third party customer service agent's support ticket queue, potentially exposing users' email addresses, the contents of customer service messages, and any attachments sent to Discord support. In response to the incident, the company immediately deactivated the compromised account and analyzed the impacted machine to determine if it was infected with malware.
0: All right. Carluke. A couple of things here. One, this came across mod chat uh, last week. I, I did a quick little, like anything else, guys. Like, when you get, like, basically, I got threat intelligence. Like, there was this Discord uh, data breach. I immediately did a triage assessment to see how it impacted the Simply Cyber Discord server. If it impacted the Simply Cyber Discord server, if it impacted me personally as a Discord user, I determined at that time that there was no. Um, cause for alarm. There was no impact relative to uh, to simply cyber's community, so I moved on. But this is a perfect little example of how to get intel and quickly triage to assess the risk and uh, next steps. Okay, so Disco- Discord disclosed a data breach. When they had a data breach, it was a third party. Uh, Help desk service. So they outsource their third-party. Excuse me. They outsource their help desk. Basically. So you've got a problem with Discord. You're trying to buy boost crystals or whatever they are. You're trying to integrate a bot and you can't find a help desk. You're trying to purchase. You're trying to purchase um, monthly memberships or whatever it is, and your credit card won't go through. Whatever it is. There's a, a human you can speak to, except they don't work for Discord. They're contracted to Discord. That person was compromised. Obviously, not obviously, but high likelihood, I'm going to go out on a limb and bet a amount of money that actually mattered to me. That this individual, the victim who fell for the compromise, was somehow tricked into... Uh, clicking on an executable or loading some type of uh, malware on their device. I.e., hey, I'm trying to do something. Um, this is a screenshot. I'm trying to do something. This is the file and the help desk person. Remember, guys, help desk is super um, high likelihood of of being attacked. Now, whether or not they get compromised is a different thing. But like, the name is help desk. Like they are designed to help people. So when someone says like, oh, I'm trying to do this, look at the attachment help desk is wanting to help that person and understand that person's situation. So it's not uncommon for help desk to um, get compromised or fall for uh, ruses and stuff like that, just by the nature of the way they operate. Same with HR, right? You send HR of a, a, a piece of malware and you call it Jerry's resume dot, you know, P Y or PS one, you know, like they're going to click on it potentially uh the exposure was limited they did do a great by the way great job discord on your incident response workflows guys if you're not familiar incident response it's um what is what gosh what is it it's like detect triage uh contain eradicate recover i think those are the the steps of that they definitely i you know detected it right and then they triaged, understanding this guy's thing then they compartmentalized it by disabling that person's account. They did a quick assessment of the environment to see if there was any more compromises. There wasn't, and now they're back up and running. So by the time this story dropped, Discord had already recovered back into a known good state. So way to go, Discord. Um, final thing I'll say about this, because I always bring it up, because uh, Neil Bridges kind of like uh, twist, put his finger in like a cut of mine and like twisted it around, Hypothet, like proverbially speaking, about third-party risk management years ago. Uh, and this is yet another one of third party risk management, not just around the contractual obligations between your company and third party company, but also in the way that the third party company interfaces with other ones i e what accounts they get, what permissions they get, uh, visibility into disabling those accounts excuse me, disabling those accounts because a lot of times, guys, this is a fact, this is one of those things that you will not um read in a, in a textbook. Okay. Like this is not something you'll get from a bootcamp or a, a college course or something like that. This is real. Um, a lot of times, like you won't, you as your business will not pay attention to third-party businesses accounts. Okay. So let me elaborate a little bit because this is an important point. Okay. So like uh, we're running Simply Cyber. Okay. And i'm like like simply cyber is blown up big enough that like we have uh, staff and stuff like that and i'm like okay i'm getting a lot of questions about the simply cyber school the courses like i've put more courses on the school people have problems resetting their account uh, the videos won't play whatever so i engage with a third-party company to do help desk on simply cyber school okay no problem now they're they're closing tickets you know people students are happy everybody's winning they, the third party has access to the school. They have to, to be able to serve the students and to serve Simply Cyber, right? Well, the thing is out of sight, out of mind, most businesses, not all of them, but most businesses will be like, okay, like, like basically that's compartmentalized. That is help desk served by that company. I won't think about anything else. So if that third party gets compromised or the account gets compromised, you're not looking at those accounts. You're not looking at how, what that, what's happening with that company. It's only when the company communicates to you like, Hey, we suffered a breach that you're like, Oh crap. Like what access do they have? Right? It's a very reactive nature and people in chat holler at me. If you agree and think, um, have seen this too. If it's your own internal staff, you're more likely to proactively, you know, identify, look around, look through logs for weird logins and stuff like that. When it's a third party company, you you almost like transfer, not just the responsibility of serving whatever function that that third party company is serving, but you also mentally like transfer kind of the, I don't want to call the security, but the visibility over what that third party's company is doing with the access in your in your systems, right? Especially when you get into cloud systems, it's still your data, it's still your assets. It's just you're giving some third-party access to it, some vendor access to it, and you, you lose all visibility over it. It's a major problem, right? It's not one that's really being discussed or talked about, but it's a major problem, guys. All right. Plus, those people have no, um, they don't necessarily adhere to your vision or your mission or your state of the business or the culture, right? Like if you worked in my company, You'd have a wicked proactive security culture because I'm like, like I'm all about it, right? Like, let's go. Uh, but maybe you work for another company that's like all about the Benjamins, right? Straight cash, homie. Straight cash, homie. And uh, you cut corners all over the place, right? I don't know. But I'm, I'm using hyperbolic examples to emphasize the point here. Just be mindful of when you're engaging with third parties, what the management and visibility of those third parties actions are. You don't just stroke a check and get to transfer everything to that third party. Thank you
1: location data of 2 million Toyota customers exposed for 10 years. Toyota Motor Corporation has disclosed a data breach on its cloud environment that exposed the car location information of more than 2 million customers between November 6, 2013 and April 17th of this year. The data breach resulted from a database misconfiguration that allowed anyone to access its contents without a password. Oh. This incident exposed the information of customers who used the company's T-Connect G-Link g-link Lite or g-book services t-connect is toyota's in-car smart service for voice assistance customer service support car status and management and on-road emergency help the information exposed in the misconfigured database includes the in-vehicle gps navigation terminal id number chassis number and the vehicle location information with time data
0: all right i mean okay so this was a misconfigured database okay so first of all obviously um second of all um it's gps information um you know these these smart cars nowadays like everybody's car is basically a smart car right not everybody obviously uh (laughs) i don't know i mean dave kennedy's delorean technically wouldn't be considered a smart car because it was built in the 80s but it does have time travel capability so i guess it would be a smart car um but my my point is, guys, like, honestly, I hate to be such a, 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 like, kind of a apathetic wet blanket here, but, like, I don't see the problem here, right? Like, like okay, if you're a VIP, and you're, or, you know, like, you know, you're trying to do something discreetly, um, car location data might be uh, important. And, yes, ten years is a very, very long time for a breach to be exposed and not detected. Like that's almost um that's almost negligent because think about it, dude, ten years we we created a data <clears throat> we created a database and misconfigured it for it to be publicly accessible, for example, for ten years. How is the tech? how is the tech that that misconfigured database was? How was it not touched for ten years? How did not somebody do? Like updates or checks, or how are auditors <clears throat> how did auditors not see it at one point? How did a pen tester not see it at one point? Ten years is a very long time for it to go undetected. I'll just say that um now i like Okay, so I'm see I, I'm I'm not reading people's comments here fully, but like I saw someone mention keyless ignition. Yeah, there are capabilities to unlock cars remotely and start cars remotely and take over cars remotely. We saw Charlie Miller do that with the Jeep Cherokee a few years ago. But for me, this is more about a privacy issue, right? This is a we know where you are, when you were, when you were there, and stuff. You could use it for social engineering stuff, but there to me, there's no mapping between like what the car is and who the car owner is. It's just, this is straight, almost, um, decoupled from the vehicle owner at the time. All this does is agree that you can track the life of where a car went. Um, if you're a privacy zealot, obviously not a cool thing, but at the same time from a practical, um, impact perspective and let me know in the chat, let me know in the comments, Um, this is just a privacy breach to me. There's no real like security concern. There's no, there's no call to action for individuals other than maybe you want to be outraged about Toyota's mismanagement of it infrastructure and a lack of due diligence on identifying an exposure like this, but there's no like, Oh my God. Like, like, you know, I don't know to me, this is, this is an interesting story, but that's it. Like I like. Basically, if this wasn't part of the, the, the podcast, I would have read, read this and been like, okay,
1: next. This tech giant ABB confirms IT security incident. The company confirmed on Friday that it is dealing with, quote, an IT security incident, end quote, that is affecting some of its offices and systems around the world, but would not say if this involved ransomware. However, Bleeping Computer reported on Thursday that the Black Basta Ransomware Group attacked the company on May 7th. Multiple anonymous sources told the news outlet that the ransomware attack targeted the company's Windows Active Directory and affected hundreds of devices. ABB is the developer of numerous SCADA and industrial control systems for energy suppliers and manufacturing, raising concerns about whether data was stolen and what it contained.
0: All right, really quick. I I do see a lot of um, I do see a lot of comments here on the Toyota story and all that. A uh, couple of things really quickly. So Kimberly, I don't think it's tied to the person because I could sell my car to you and then you sell your car to Gabe and then Gabe sells it to NSA Virus Lab. So I don't think it was tracking that way. Uh, secondly, Joel said, yeah, if you track the car, you can tie it to a person. Absolutely. But what is the actual? Action on objective, right? Like, unless you're a sociopathic serial killer who's like, I'm just gonna hunt down people who drive Toyotas. Like, there's no, I, I don't see how you start with the Toyota data and then go there, unless, unless you're like trying to track someone and then you realize they drive a Toyota and then you realize that Toyota has this database misconfiguration and then you realize what the chassis ID and and um, GPS tracking identify. Ah, uh, unique value is for that car, which is not the VIN, right? A- and then you map it, right? Like, I mean, I feel like you have to go around your elbow to get to your butt, um, in order to weaponize the data of that Toyota breach, where you could just drop an Apple AirTag and in, in the, on their like slap it to their car, and and track them that way, or easily track their cell phone using their IMEI or something like. Like, it's just there's to me there's like easier ways if you're a creep to solve. The, 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 the tracking and ide- and mapping a, a person to their behaviors than using that Toyota database. Okay, so, okay. Um, Swiss tech giant ABB confirms IT security. Here's the TLDR on this. Two things. One, this company is huge and they have contracts all over the place. That's not the big deal. BlackBasta is the ransomware group that hit this one. BlackBasta has been on a tear. These guys must be like getting ready to go to like, Coachella or something, or they want like, they want to have like the best tent at fire festival because these, this ransomware threat actor group has been going ham for like the last month. Like every group, (coughs) excuse me, every major hack or ransomware attack I see at least, at least a couple times a week, we hear Black Basta, Black Basta, big, big ticket items. These guys are like loading up to go to the moon or something like that. Um, watch out if I were you and, uh, I'm also a cyber practitioner, so I will be doing this. Um, I would check out black boss indicators of compromise, initial indicators of compromise, right? How are they initially getting into the environment? If they're purchasing credentials well, you're, you're kind of screwed, but I would, I would ratchet up. Like you should always be thinking about and practicing, um, protecting from ransomware You should, yeah, exactly. Thanks, BSEC. You should always be protecting from ransomware and you should always be uh, looking at your controls to recover from ransomware. And you should be doing tabletop exercises with ransomware as the uh, event, okay? So you should always be doing that. Now, having said that, Black Basta, in my opinion, has jumped the shark. And they are at a level that now warrants specifically protection controls response and practicing of black BASTA ransomware attack. That's where I'm at with this one. I am officially, I'm a, I wish I had like a little stinger or something like that, or a video overlay. Um, I'm officially ratcheting up black BASTA. Like I'm sure I would get copyright struck immediately for this, but like, you know, um, for those who are in the United States, there's a show called prices, right? And there's like the yodeler. He's like, and he like climbs like a ladder or he climbs a, a, a mountain, and if he falls off the top. Like, officially, the yodeler's going up two stages, right? With Black Basta, so you go, la, 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 la. okay, Black Basta's gone up. Yes, Flaming Donkey. They Okay, actually, you know what? Thanks, b Black Basta has reached Flaming Donkey APT levels of concern. So be mindful of that. Um, I do not think Black Basta is a nation-state threat actor. Uh, I do think that they are protected by a nation state um and they they could be weaponized but no they black pasta is straight straight cash homie straight cash homie cash rules everything around me cream right and and that's another thing like again i hate to sound cynical but like the, you know they call out in this one paragraph right here abb works with governments including the us federal agencies they provide industrial controls they have all these things they closely work with governments like ho chi minh nashville <laughs> i wouldn't it's Nashville. So Singapore, <laughs> Singapore, Ho Chi Minh, and Nashville, like, uh, okay, Nashville's really coming on, coming on strong as a, as a global city. Um, they point out that, you know, that it's concerning, but these, these, uh, Boss is all about the cash money, right? So I don't think they're looking to like, you know, attack and bring down critical infrastructure. I, I mentioned this before you guys, um, Ransomware threat actor groups—they tread a fine line. Like they want to make as much money as possible, but if you poke the proverbial at least U.S. federal government bear, and uh, they turn like the 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 United States federal government turns the Eye of Sauron, guys. I'm doing a lot of references today. If you've ever watched Lord of the Rings, like the second, like Frodo pulls out the little ring and puts it on, like that huge Eye of Sauron tower, like the eye goes whoosh, and like focuses in on where the ring is. That you, that's what happens if you do something like attack colonial pipeline or, or, um, you you just, it it doesn't happen often, but sometimes if you really call the attention of the U S federal government, they will level all of the power that they have on you. And you do not want that. It will not be straight cash, homie. It will be straight jail time, homie. And you don't want that. So anyways, uh, Black Basta, definitely an increased threat level, and you want to be mindful of that. If you are uh, looking to interview, if you're looking to interview for a cyber job, or you're looking to break in the industry, t- tell you right now, spend one hour. It will be worth your time. Spend one hour and read about Black Basta. I would say 15 minutes uh, over at Mitre Attack, right? Hold on, let me see. see if Mitre Attack actually has this really quickly. 15 minutes on MITRE attack on the group page, right? Let's see if they have uh, Black Basta. They do not have Black Basta. That's too bad. Recent, read about Black Basta for an hour, okay? You will you'll probably get some form of question about ransomware in a job interview, and you can easily pivot it into the knowledge you've gained about Black Basta. And anybody interviewing you should know. That black b- Even at a basic level, that Black Basta is coming on strong and is a real threat. And you will impress them because you'll be up to date on a current evolving threat. And you could just be like, what time do I show up on Monday for my job, bro?
1: Personal information of 90,000 hikers leaked from French tourism company. The CyberNews research team has discovered data on a publicly accessible data store with more than four gigabytes of information belonging to clients of La Mal Postal. The leaked information included names, phone numbers, emails, private communication via SMS, passwords, and employee credentials. Founded in 2009, La Mal Postal provides luggage and passenger transportation services on many popular hiking routes, including the famous Santiago de Compostela pilgrimage trail.
0: Yeah. So this, okay. So this one right here is a little bit more in line and I'll share that um, black bosses stuff in a minute. This one's more, so this one's more like the uh, Toyota um, breach, but this one is more concerning. So this is four gigabytes of text, which is a lot of personal data of the company's clients. Now here's where it gets crazy, right? We have emails, we have phone numbers, we have uh, customer data probably like where, like where they've gone, when they've gone. You can totally, totally, totally weaponize this into a nice, uh, social engineering attack. Thank you, Kim. A nice social engineering attack of, oh, hey, we're here, or hey, we're another hiking company, or here's sixty percent off last season's, um, you know, North Face gear, last season's, you know, um, like Helly Hansen, is it Helly Hansen or Kelty? Uh, gear, right? So this can all be um, weaponized to attack people. Then you could see that they, here's screenshots of admin credentials. So then the threat actors could have owned this company, ransomware, these type of things. So, uh, okay, so they actually answer the question why leaking personal data is dangerous. Obviously, I'm telling you that right now. Obviously, also, if you're, again, going to the serial killer thing, like you can, you could start texting people, pretending to be someone else get them involved in, um, you know, Oh, like, Hey, like we're, we're a hiking company. We'd love for you to come out and like show off our gear or whatever. Boom. Now I've got you again. That that's like a really, 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 really small percentage of, of likelihood to happen. But I just want to offer up a couple different, um, iterations of potential impact from this type of data breach. It's not just a privacy thing. It is a, uh, personal safety thing. It's obviously uh risk of financial uh social engineering, which is more likely, right? Like um uh pig butchering attack type stuff. So anyways, even hikers aren't safe. All right, let's do our mid-roll. Oh, wait, hold on, really quickly. Um uh Black Basta. I think Joel Belton shared this, but Kimberly shared it with me. And I know it was dropped in chat, but um this is where you can go get some more information. Shout out to NCC Group base case and his crew watching on the replay our team hybrid here are this is where you would start right we've got iots we've got all of the things right so let me drop this again in chat for everybody go get that start there read about three or four stories of black boston ransomware attacks look at the uptick in activity of black boston ransomware incidents in the last month then demand 10 percent more than the offer letter because you're bringing wicked value to the company I'm talking about
1: you crushing the job
0: interview right now. All right, let's do the uh, mid-roll.
1: And now, a word from our sponsor, Hunters. Hunters is a SOC platform built for your security team. Hunters empowers companies to move beyond SIM with unlimited ingestion and normalization of security data at predictable cost. Using Hunters, a CISO at a leading online retailer, quote, tripled the amount of data ingested by her security team while cutting costs from a legacy SIM provider by 75%, end quote. It's time to move beyond SIM. Visit Hunters.Security to learn more and let them know you heard about Hunters on the CISO series.
0: Yeah. All right, guys, mid-roll. 260 of you wonderful people here today. Thank you for spending your Monday morning with all of us in the Simply Cyber community. You two are part of the Simply Cyber community, and I love it. Hit that like button if you're getting value, whether it's entertainment, whether it's education, whether it's both, hit the like button. Not so much to pad my stats, but um, you obviously are here because you're into cybersecurity. You didn't stumble in here looking for like Um, cat videos, and you're like, oh, I think I'll stay, right? You're into cybersecurity. So by hitting the like button, YouTube goes, these people like cybersecurity, let's go tell other people who like cybersecurity that are not here right now about it to see if they'd be interested. You basically are paying it forward by hitting the like button to help other people find it. Thanks again to the stream sponsors for enabling me to pursue what is considered an absolute dream and delight to provide Simply Cyber to you, the community, and to serve you, the community, uh, and to enable me to do it. So thank you, sponsors. You allow me to do this, and I love it. Uh, Barricade Cyber, XM Cyber, already shared about that, but I want to say holla to panopti Cyber. panopti Cyber with Brandon Poole and his gang do several things. Great security services company. If you're looking for some consulting, professional services in the cyberspace, but specifically their quantified risk assessment. Listen, if you are a practitioner at a business and you have no plan, if you're just kind of reacting to whatever the current situation is, cutting checks, asking for money for tactical point in time uh, issues, like, oh, we got hit, can we get EDR? Oh, we got hit, can we get backups? Oh, we got hit, right? upsized Quantified Risk Assessment will come in and take a current state look at your process, people, technology, tech stack, threat landscape, your industry size and industry, your business size and industry, and give you a quantified assessment of what your actual risks are and guidance on how you can reduce those risks, the percentage of being hit with ransomware, the percentage of having a keylogger or malware or a complete compromise take down your environment and give you suggestions on how to remediate those in cost-effective ways. It is a fantastic investment to take a minute, figure out your situation, Inform it with evidence and facts and then go forward and have a three-year roadmap three-year roadmaps is where it's at if you're a CISO if you're all about uh, Delivering uh, information security at a high level three-year roadmaps is where it's at I know it sounds ridiculous, but believe me a three-year roadmap you have to execute on the roadmap obviously, but Alright guys, if you want to get the newsletter, I did not send it out, Uh, I didn't write it yesterday, I didn't send it out this morning, so there's still time to receive the newsletter today because I'm going to write it after my, well I have a 9.20 meeting and then I have a 10 a.m. meeting, but at 11 I'm going to write this newsletter and uh, you still have time for it. So sign up at simplycyber.io slash newsletter and find out what all the hype is about. Guys, the Simply Cyber Community Challenge is an initiative we started to help people professionally network within the community and really build a meaningful, powerful, professional network. Ashley Sweeney currently has the baton. Ashley, I appreciate you carrying it. She is tagging Saisha Williams. Saisha Williams, giddy up on that. Saisha Williams, please jump onto LinkedIn and share your cyber story with the community and use hashtag SimplyCyberCommunityChallenge so we can find you. Once you find Saisha's post and Ashley Sweeney's post from the other day, connect with them. Connect with the people in the comments of those posts and you will build your professional network. Believe that. Navita Amir, my pleasure my pleasure all right saisha williams we look forward to that guys every single day of the week has a special little segment unique to that day and today is calen my sons calen's art of the week art day of the week and today among us is still relevant and calen went yolo with a huge oversized among us this thing this thing is big this thing is big so thank you calen we got the little crown he's the king Green Among Us. So, shout out to Callan. This thing is massive. He brought it home on Friday and he's like, Dad, this is for Monday. I said, All right, you got it, my man. Also, bonus material. If you don't know about this, this is just bonus material. Uh, this came out on, uh, I got my issue on Friday. Prompt, uh, the Prompt Zyme. It's uh, Black Hills Information Securities um, Magazine. It's very, you know, this is probably episode three or four. This one's all about threat hunting. If you're interested in learning threat hunting, I've noticed that they've added some more weight to it. It's a bigger magazine, a lot of opportunity, guys. Sign up over at Black Hills Mods. If someone can grab a link for the prompt sign uh, and I will be wearing these um, 3D glasses. I was gonna say I'd be wearing these 3D glasses for the show, but uh, it's, it, it, well, hold on. We'll, we'll read one story and see what we get. But yeah, 3D glasses for this episode. Go check out um, prompt Zine. It's uh it's a uh, Jason Blanchard in the Black Hills group out
1: there. All right, let's keep rolling. Musk appoints new Twitter CEO, NBCU's Linda Yaccarino. Elon Musk confirmed Yaccarino's new role in a tweet on Friday morning, adding he is quote, looking forward to working with Linda to transform this platform into X, the Everything app, end quote. Yacarino worked at NBCU since 2011. Before that, she spent nearly 20 years at Turner as an executive vice president in advertising. And in 2018, she was appointed by former President Donald Trump to the President's Council on Sports, Fitness, and Nutrition. Okay. Companies to pay. Okay, hold on. Um, All right, so a couple of
0: things. I don't know Lindy Yacarino from a hole in the wall. I'm sorry, let me fix this. I was going to wear the th- this 3D glasses, guys, but it was, like, giving me a headache watching um, <laughs> watching the screen. All right, so Elon Musk, uh, you know, I guess righted the ship at, at Twitter. Uh, he, he had, um, hold on, we got to get our Elon emotes, and then we got to get the uh, dumpster fire emotes, okay? So he came in and, like, uh, took a, a flamethrower to everything, and we thought he was going to crash it. Okay, so it's Zine. I've always called it Zine. So, you know, I call it Jif also. Um. But now Elon's, you know, I guess stabilized Twitter has a vision for Twitter, and he's hiring Linda to come in. Now, a couple interesting things to take away. Two two things to me to take away. And this is not even a cybersecurity story. This is more of like a cultural phenomena, uh, water cooler talk type thing. So I won't spend a terrible amount of time on this one. But here's here's two interesting things. One, Elon wants to turn Twitter into t- Twitter X, right? So he wants it to be everything. He probably wants it to be like video, audio, shorts, long form uh, communication, uh, inter- in, uh, networking, engagement. So he's like, he's coming for like Instagram and YouTube and LinkedIn and stuff like that. Okay, that's one thing. That's the vision. Second thing. I I don't know, man. I feel like if you try to solve all the problems, you solve none of the problems, right? Like, you know, like, think about any, any, like, product that's ever, like, done all the things. It usually doesn't do any. It makes me think, like, I don't even golf, but have you ever seen, like, the golf club where, like, it's, like, basically a kind of a wrench and you can, like... It's supposed to be like, oh, you only need one golf club in your bag. And like, you can like loosen it. And then you can adjust the pitch to be like a three iron or a pitching wedge. And then you like tighten it up, which is kind of absurd anyways. But like that golf club probably sucks to do anything. It it probably does all the things kind of okay. And it doesn't do any of the things really good. And I feel like Elon trying to make Twitter do all the things is probably going to turn into a dumpster fire because it's not really gonna do any of the things well you're gonna be spreading your your resources and your your intellectual capital um too thin but you know what if anyone can do it, Elon can do it when you have infinite money
1: Great cash, homie.
0: you can you can i mean look at look at facebook they just spent like four billion dollars on uh like a completely failed metaverse project and they're still going strong so who knows? The other thing that really struck out stuck out to me is that again, I don't know Linda Yaccarino from a hole in the wall, but she was executive vice president of advertising. Right? Uh, I mean, she's obviously she's qualified to be a CEO of a massive company because Elon just put her there. But I just find it interesting that her background is advertising. So it's less about leading this company into prosperity and Good products and 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 you know delivering on excellence and stuff and more about like I I suspect like marketing and advertising and you want Twitter X because it is the one place for all the things so uh, it'll be interesting again this is not cyber related this is much more water cooler talk but I wish I wish uh, Linda Yaccarino all the best guys anytime someone starts a new job. I wish him the best. You know what I mean? Like, best wishes. It's a big challenge. Go for it. Get after it. Um,
1: And do great things, Lindy. ...over faked net neutrality comments. Three companies accused of falsifying millions of public comments to support the contentious 2017 federal repeal of net neutrality rules have agreed to pay $615,000 in penalties to New York and other states, according to New York's Attorney General on Wednesday. The penalties come after an investigation by the New York State Office of the Attorney General found that the fake comments used the identities of millions of consumers, including thousands of New Yorkers, without their knowledge. All three companies provide digital lead generation services, meaning they collect personal information from consumers and then sell it to third parties for leads to generate business.
0: All right. All right, so a couple of things here. One, and I'm going to spend most of the time on one thing. Guys, the whole net neutrality, the whole FCC, this was where they were going to basically allow the fat cats uh, who ran the internet, your Verizon, your AT&Ts, uh, to be able to uh, like basically throttle, like basically pay to play, right? So like Amazon and Facebook would have faster internet connections uh, for consumers like you and I, uh, and let in sites that didn't pay for that would have slower connections. So, uh, and then obviously you could they would probably have had tiered systems, right? So like you know you could pay for a little bit faster, right? They they were basically trying to, I don't want to say commoditize the internet, but like network speeds are are not static. But like the internet was supposed to be like the inform um the information superhighway, like the highway, right? What they were pretty much trying to propose was like H O V lanes essentially, if you're in the, in the United States, you know what I'm talking about, but like express lanes or HOV lanes, I don't know if they have those in Europe or Australia, but basically during like rush hour traffic, when it's wicked busy, there's like two extra lanes that you can drive in if you have like multiple people in your car, right? Now, the, the, the cost was that you had multiple people in your car. They were trying to promote carpooling, but in some areas you can pay like a monthly fee and you basically like get bumped up to business class or first class and you get to drive on a road that doesn't have traffic very much a cast system, uh, in a, in a microcosm example, but the, the, th- this is what net neutrality was all kind of baked into was around, um, allowing these, these internet service providers to have pay to play, uh, networks. Right. Um, now, Here's a fun fact. Can <laughs> like if a woman's pregnant with child, can she drive in the HOV lane? I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to have that conversation. I just it just it just uh BSEC talked about a, a blow up doll um which we're not going to get into that either. Um but it just it's it's interesting. Okay, so here's the real thing. Here's what I want you to um here's what I want you to take away cuz to me this is wicked wicked important, okay? This is a perfect example of why privacy matters. Guys, I used to be like firmly in the camp of like, I have nothing to hide, like who cares? Oh, you want privacy? What are you hiding, right? And now I've evolved or I've transitioned away from that. To me, I don't have anything to hide, but at the same time, I'm not into like having everybody know my business, like get out of my face. This and, and people are like, "Who cares who cares if they know that I went to high school this day and' don't don't, don't even get into the simplistic like password resets it, what people are like, well, who cares if they know that I like Twix uh, chocolate bars? Who cares if they if they know that I'm a Nissan Z fan, like the car? Here is why. this right here. This, this had, three companies are getting fined $615,000 because they created millions of fake accounts and spurred up um, net neutrality comments, fake net neutrality comments to push an agenda, to push an initiative. Big money, cash, big money behind this decision. And what they were trying to do, just very much like the 2016 US election, go check that out, Cambridge Analytica. Watch what Cambridge Analytica did. All they're trying to do is weaponize what they know about you. Again, they were sucking all of the data. They cover that in the story, sucking all the data about people. And they're trying to pull levers and push buttons in order to whip real people, not fake accounts, but real humans into um, a momentum, into a mob mentality. If there's a million accounts that are fake, but you don't know they're fake, and a million accounts are saying net neutrality is awesome, or net neutrality sucks and a bunch of people are piling on about why it sucks, you can fall into that trap and they can tweak the things that they know about you specifically in order to manipulate you. And that to me is where privacy really becomes important because just because who you are and what you're into if people, if businesses know that, they can, they can, you know, basically exploit that, frankly, in order to manipulate you. And that's the real risk of uh, erosion of privacy. So definitely know about that. Okay. Yeah. The Great Hack, Cambridge Analytica, excellent uh, Netflix documentary. I would almost consider it required viewing to understand why privacy is so valuable. In fact, I might even make my students watch it next semester. Okay.
1: And now, Last Week in Ransomware. Last week saw the emergence of two new ransomware families, Cactus and Akira, A-K-I-R-A. The Cactus operation launched in March and has been found to exploit VPN vulnerabilities to gain access to corporate networks. The Akira operation uses a retro-looking data leak site that requires people to enter commands as if using a Linux shell. In addition, last week, the Money Message Ransomware operation published source code belonging to MSI which contained private keys for Intel Boot Guard. Also, the city of Dallas continues to do battle with the after-effects of a royal ransomware attack, and the town of Lowell, Massachusetts suffered from a play ransomware attack. This is the same group that attacked Oakland, California. This signifies a growing trend of ransomware groups attacking U.S. cities. Research and reports from last week covered a new white phoenix decryptor that can be used to partially recover data encrypted by ransomware using intermittent encryption. Sentinel-1 found that nine different ransomware operations used the leaked Babook source code to create VMware ESXi encryptors. And a joint advisory between the FBI and CISA disclosed that the bloody ransomware gang is exploiting paper-gut servers in the education sector.
0: All right. Every Monday we get the the ransomware roundup. There's something here for everybody. This is basically um, like uh, I went to Dunkin' Donuts or what you know, Tim Hortons or whatever you guys have in your area for donuts. I don't even know if Europe has. I feel like Europe doesn't have donuts. They're like that's an American thing, but. You go and you get, or like muffins or pastries, right? Let's bring the European group online. You go to a bakery and you're like, oh, just give me a dozen pastries. And there's like a jelly donut, there's a cruller, there's a cruller, sorry, little Boston coming out there. Um, there's apple fritter. And, uh, you know, like you get this like smorgasbord of pastries, crumpets, right? That's what the, 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 um, the ransomware roundup is so there's something here for everybody. Everybody reach into the bakery box, pull something out. Uh, meaning that there's something about your industry, likely, there's something about your, um, your geolocate, your your geographical area. Like they mentioned, um, uh, I, I think it's Bloody is attacking um, paper cut uh, compromises. So if you're running paper, con, that's been well documented. Um, Akira is attacking all these things. Uh, municipalities getting attacked guys, like we're getting overwhelmed. It's basically a, a a repeated, like there's a hurricane off the coast and the, the, the waves are higher than normal and it's not going down. It's not going down. It's just going to continue. So waves are crashing, um, against our walls, water seeping in just, you know, stay vigilant, maintain the fight. Practice your detection, contro- uh, your protection controls, and your recovery controls. Do tabletop exercises. Educate end users uh, on ransomware. Right? That's that's the best thing we've got to do. But uh, you know, it's it's tough, y'all. It's tough. The one thing I will say is, like, it kills me that like Akira's done this, right? So obviously they're getting pub, but like somebody took the time to develop this, right? Like, like they put in time, energy, and effort to make a essentially uh, like Hercules monochrome or Tandy 1000 looking interface, old school, you know, green on black, ASCII, you know, ASCII art kind of thing. Like this right here, this interface for the Akira ransomware was intentionally designed, in my opinion, for the 40 plus year old IT director who's going to see this and be like, oh, like, little nostalgic, pull up my heartstrings a little bit, but at the same time, ugh, okay? Now, I will ask the younger people in chat. Um, I know that, like, retro's cool again, and I don't really follow trends or anything like that, but I know, like, 90s have come back. This is definitely not 90s. This is, like, maybe this is early 90s, but it is like, is this style of, like, Hercules monochrome and this, this kind of format trending again is this like like are you guys i guess <laughs> if you're 18 to 25 do you know what this is does this look like something you understand like this 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 color scheme and um and font choice let me know i'm kind of curious uh yeah peter lee had orange and black all right so that's going to do it for the stream today let me do this really quickly Doo-doo-doo. all right guys if you were here just for the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing Podcast, thank you very much. I hope you got value. Hit the like button on your way out. We do it every single weekday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern time. Please come back. Please come back tomorrow. More importantly, share with a friend if you think that they're going to um, get value from it. Share it with a co-worker. That's where it's all about. Now, let me share a couple things with you. I will be playing World of Haiku at 4 o'clock today. Again, um, I normally work seven days a week. So... I took the weekend off. Oh, like, <laughs> I took the weekend off. So I haven't scheduled uh, later today's World of Haiku uh, stream, but that will be happening at 4 o'clock. So if you want to be made aware, many of you have hit the bell for notifications, but you you can hit the bell and when I go live at 4. You'll be made aware. Um, I'll be back tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. for the, the ne- Tuesday episode of the Daily Threat Brief. And then this Thursday at 4.30 p.m., Cody Kinsey is coming back as my guest on Simply Cyber Live, the long form uh, guest interview show I do every Thursday. We'll be talking specifically about um, h- hardware and wireless demos. I've got two kitty cats right here. These are basically flipper zeros, uh, cat versions that Cody designed and built. Uh, one's Wi-Fi, one's USB. You can do rubber ducky attacks. You can do D attacks. We'll be playing with these. I'll get these set up, I promise you. Uh, by uh, Thursday, and Cody's going to be telling us all about that. Also, we're, we'll uh, try to get Cody to confirm that he will be providing a training at Simply CyberCon in November. Um, did, hey, uh, Syasia, did uh, Jenny Housley, if you're still here, did Saisha, uh confirm that sh- uh, she, I believe Syasia would be a she? Um, is taking on the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Let me know in chat if you could. All right. Um, I've got, what do I have? I've got a few minutes for Jawjack and a couple minutes over, but I'm not even going to apologize because we spent extra time talking about NCC Group's uh, Black Basta IOCs. So usually I apologize to Base Case and NCC Group, but today I'm not going to apologize because we brought their podcast on, I mean, their blog onto the stream Uh, okay, so thank you, Cyasia. Thanks, Jenny Housley. Uh, we're Simply CyberCon. We will probably be doing a, um, Simply CyberCon transparency meeting this Friday. Uh, the website is up. I'm I'm reluctant to share it because we do want to tinker a little bit with it before we release it. We're gonna, we need a, we're gonna do a transparency meeting this Friday, actually. I'm not saying we might. We're going to do one because we need, we need to, like, um, take some action and make sure that people who are assigned uh, certain work are, are doing it, or if they need help doing it, we get that straightened out. We need to get the speakers lined up and organized and, um, we need the speakers organized and we need to finalize the website because, um, Allison and Kimberly can't market without the website. And that's a problem. All right. Yeah, I won't share it yet, Kimberly. Um, but just know the we-, we have a we have a website. Um, we're very close. This Friday, t- just stay tuned. This Friday, we'll do a meeting. I'll schedule a live stream, and we'll 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 knock it out. All right. Oh, oh. Also, let me share with you. I've got two produced videos coming out. Obviously, we'll do one on Wednesday, like we always do. And I'm going to drop a special bonus uh, video this week on Bard versus ChatGPT. I think Bard is better than ChatGPT and I'm going I made a video to show you why I think that with actual uh case studies and examples. All right. So stay tuned for that, guys. Again, um the, the reason to stay live is because I, I'm is as, 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 as desperately as I like to be organized and structured. Um I'm moving at a speed and a pace and I'm doing so many things that I that I cannot be organized and structured to the level I want or I can either be more organized and structured and do less or I can do what I'm doing now and I'm doing what I'm doing now. So. All right. I'll do a little jaw jacking if you all want. I'm looking at chat now. Leonardo's in the house. Dan Catledge in the house. Pursuit of bliss. Can we still sign up to volunteer? Yes. Uh, pursuit of bliss. Um, there is a link for volunteers. Uh, let me, let me, um, let me share that with you. Hold on one second. Yeah, I think we'll, we'll reveal the website by at the transparency meeting. Okay. Oh wait, hold on one second. Here you go. Pursuit of bliss here is the link. Come on. Here's a link for the uh, volunteer form. All right, volunteer. Volunteer for Simply CyberCon, okay? Here we go. There you go. And it's gonna look like this. All right, that's what it's gonna look like. If you'd like to volunteer, if you'd like to help, jump on that. My pleasure. Pursuit of bliss. Jim Jin, hit the replay. Absolutely. Bard said taxes are the devil. Okay. Later, Beecak. Thanks for uh, thanks for sharing your HOV uh, best best practices. <laughs> your your HOV lane best practices. All right. Jesse Johnson's nailing it. Volunteering is a great way to do it. What did the chef say when he hit the waiter with an Italian cheesesteak? You just got mascaponed. Very nice. <laughs> uh, so, hey, uh, whoever's handling volunteer stuff, uh, Frederick says he re- filled out the form but never got replied to. Maybe we could set up some type of autoresponder with a link to the Discord server. You definitely want to get to the Discord server, Frederick, because there's a volunteer chat channel under the Simply CyberCon category. See you, Cyber Munchkin. Oh, Lori sure I, I miss you at the ISF meetings too. I appreciate that. Hopefully everything's going well over there, Lori, and uh, Aaron's continuing to fight the good fight. I, I do stay in contact with Aaron and uh, Matt and, and that group. Oh, thanks, Jesse Johnson. Yeah, Jesse Johnson, uh, sign up t- for the volunteer application form Go to the Discord server, uh, Jesse, and on the Discord server, there is a channel called Call for Volunteers. Jump in there and say hello. That's the best way. Gary Sturgiatis asking about the drywall. Yes. Yes, Gary, the drywall went up. I, I was away on over the weekend and I came back. Uh, drywall team's coming in later today to finish sanding. Uh, I'm going to try to throw some paint down because we have HVAC coming tomorrow. It looks... Baller with the drywall up like I'm so so amped Uh, HVAC's coming in tomorrow. I'm gonna throw paint up Uh, and then uh, After that after Tuesday um, Contractors are done then it's paint molding floor and then lighting obviously and then uh, dude hang a TV Hang the neon sign, get the desk in there, light light everything up like a like Fourth of July, and we're gonna be rocking and rolling. I'm super pumped. Um, thank you for asking, Gary. It, it was a major major uh, milestone getting that drywall up. Uh, JoJo is asking what Boolean logic is. Uh, JoJo, Boolean logic is like true or false, zero or one. So when you say Boolean logic, like. If like, okay, so if you have a statement that's true and a statement that's true, true and true and, and is the operator, right? So think of like plus minus divide multiplication. Those are operators in math In Boolean and, or exclusive, or those are operators in Boolean. So when you say true and true, the result is true. If you say true and false, and means that they have to both be something so that would be false true or false means true false or false is false right and i I, this is this would be better understood if you saw it versus me saying it but boolean logic has to do with two values true and false and then the operator in between them, and, or, or XOR. And XOR is the one that you really have a tough time wrapping your head around, but it's the most important one because it's the way that asymmetric encryption works. You Learn your, learn your asymmetric, learn your exclusive or Boolean logic. That's the deal. Thanks, Kimberly, for a link on the Boolean logic. Exactly. And Boolean logic maps into... Um, the way modern computers work. Wait until uh, quantum, quantum computers get in here, because then it's going to be like true, false, true, false. <laughs> uh, I will work with Mike Miller about building and enhancing LinkedIn for cyber. This looks to be very helpful to Simply Cyber. You're welcome to Jaw jack. Very cool, Jim Lunn. All right. Take care, Leonardo. I think people are dropping 189 of you, wonderful people. I'm going to bounce myself. I'm going to try to make a thumbnail in the next 20 minutes. And giddy up on that. Guys, Jesse Johnson with a, a Boolean example. Thanks, Jesse. I love it. All right. All right, guys. I'm going to boogie. I hope you all uh, had a wonderful weekend. Happy Mother's Day again to all the mothers in the community, you guys. Uh, sometimes are the unsung heroes, but no matter what, you are all heroes. Being a mother is a um, very difficult job and one that is like cybersecurity, ever vigilant, ever demanding. No days off on that. Guys, be good. Have a wonderful day. Hope to see some of you at 4 o'clock later today for the World of Haiku stream. Be good, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. We'll see you at 4 o'clock today, but for the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing podcast, I'll see you in the morning. Cheers, everybody.